Welcome to the Wow Community Jokes. Life is full of surprises, right? Like, man, when was the last time you were surprised? Truly surprised. Now, it could be a good surprise or maybe not so good surprise. Uh, like this past summer when I was um, awoken from my sleep to the fire alarm going because Kinsley decided to bake cookies in the microwave. <laughs> that was a surprise. But I also have some amazing surprises. Like, in fact, 13 years ago when Amanda and I first met and I was just about to move out west to go to school only to find out that she was actually going back at West to attend the same school I was enrolled in. There have been countless surprises. If you know my story very well, you also know that my last youth ministry that I was pastoring, um, God put on my heart to, uh, to submit my resignation to further education. And the day I submitted my resignation in the morning, that evening we found out we were expecting our first child. Talk about a surprise. Resign from job, find out you're expecting. Uh, that turned our world upside down, brought us back from BC to Ontario, where God has been continuing to surprise us in new and exciting ways, such as even planting a church here in Binbrook. And uh, I'm just excited to lean into this message tonight because surprise ha surprises happen all the time. They're all around us. And I wish we could actually be together to share some of the surprises with each other. If you want, feel free to comment uh, on Facebook or YouTube, a surprise that you've experienced lately. But in the Gospel of John, Jesus said that his father is always at work. And I believe this is an excellent assumption for us to live with as we go about our lives, that the divine is always at work. So if God is always at work, then I believe we should expect to be surprised because of the countless examples that we see throughout scripture and that we have experienced in our lives. The countless examples of how God works. We see this all throughout scripture. We see this throughout our lives, our lived experiences. And one of the examples that we see throughout scripture is that God says his word is a lamp unto our feet. And what I mean by this is there's a great quote by this guy, Jamie B. Golden. He has a podcast and he says, I don't have a five-year plan. God's word is a lamp unto my feet, not my football field. Don't you love that? I don't know about you, but that just comforts me because I've stood up in front of you guys before at our vision nights and I've admitted that I have ideas and dreams and hopes that I, I see for our church in five years, but I'm always afraid to say, this is God's plan for the well, because he hasn't revealed to me the five-year plan, but he is showing me each step of the way as I continue to lean into him and do the next right thing. And this is my whole heart behind this series. My heart is that we simply do the next right thing, that we lean into Jesus. It's not about where I want myself to be in five years or where you want yourself to be in five years. It's about following Jesus. Where is he illuminating your, your path right now? Where, where is he, what is he illuminating in your life right now or tomorrow or next week? What is he showing you? Psalm 119, 105 is the verse that says, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light for my path. 
I remember a professor in Bible college who one time shut off all the lights in our classroom. There were no windows and it was just pitch black. And then suddenly he turned on a flashlight and he shone it on a wall. And he said, now imagine this room is God. He's like, but we can only see with the flashlight. So that portion of the wall that was illuminated by the flashlight, he said, so that's one aspect of God. And sometimes we like to make these whole religious systems around that and say, this is who God is, and we put him in that box. But then he shone, shone the light on the other wall and said, this is another aspect of God. This is another characteristic of God. Because you see, we can't put God in a box. He, he blows our boxes out of the water. He, he, he simply reveals things to us at the right time, at the right place, and in his way. And I believe the same is true for, for our path and what God has envisioned for us is that he simply shines a light and we step in to the light. We simply do the next right thing. And then he, he moves the light and he shows us another aspect of who he is or who, who we are in light of him. And, and he reveals things to us step by step. And sometimes he might shine a bigger light and we have a bigger picture, but Oftentimes, it's simply by doing the next right thing, especially when they're in the midst of a pandemic and we're crying out, God, where are you? He's saying, I am here and I am always at work. You see, we even see Jesus continually leaning in to his father in prayer. He's always going away to pray as he invites his disciples to follow him. He says, follow me. That's it. He doesn't say, follow me because here's our five-year plan. Here's what we're going to accomplish. Here's what we're going to do. In fact, Jesus only had three years of ministry. But he even teaches us how to pray. And he says, give us today our daily bread. He's saying, give us enough for today. Get us through today. He's not asking for a week's supply, a month's supply, a year's supply. Give us today. Which brings me to another example that we see throughout scripture. And I believe we see throughout our lives if we're willing to admit it. And that's that there's a myth of control. It's easy to believe in the myth of control, especially when we have a decision to make. We wanna be in the driver's seat. But you know what? Even James calls people out for boasting about their plans for tomorrow. He says, now listen, you who say today or tomorrow will go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business, make money. Why, you don't even know what's going to happen tomorrow. He says, what, what's your life? You're, you're a mist that appears for a little while and vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it's the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. And I love his take on this because he's saying, look, He's not saying it's bad to plan. He's not saying it's bad to forecast and budget and make plans, but he's saying invite God into it. Because God is at work. God is, God is living and active and, and he will surprise you. And sometimes I think when it's when we go headstrong into our plans, our will, sometimes God surprises us and it frustrates us because it's not the way we wanted things. But he says, no, I have better plans for you. And you see, I believe religious leaders, especially in Jesus' time, you can see it throughout scripture, that they wanted to control the narrative surrounding who Jesus was. And then even after Jesus' death, when the disciples were claiming he came back to life, the religious leaders worked hard to control the narrative, saying, no, this is what happened. Let's make sure people believe 
This is what happened. We don't want them believing in the surprise of Jesus. And I believe for us, COVID's helping us highlight the fact that this is in fact a myth, the myth of control. That at the end of the day, as much as we thought we were in control, we're not. And sadly, you see people in power right now trying to control the narrative again surrounding COVID, trying to give us this sense of control and that they're in control and that we're in control. But it's the myth of control. Another thing you see surrounding the myth of control, I talked about the religious leaders, but you also have religion. I believe religion feeds this myth of control. It creeps in because it gives us the sense that we can work our way to God. We can be good enough. We can work harder and try harder. We can do more for God. But Jesus comes along and says, surprise, no, you can't. He says, only I can do that for you. And in fact, I have done that for you. He's saying, what you need to do is walk in relationship with me. Just like I asked my disciples, follow me. Now, again, don't get me wrong. Because of course we can plan. We should plan. We can prayerfully discern and look ahead, forecast. But what I'm trying to say is that we need to remain open to what God wants to do. You see... We need to have a posture of expectancy. Not expecting God to do our will, but to surprise us with His. Let me say that again. We need to have a posture of expectancy. Not expecting God to do our will, but to surprise us with His. And this is where we need to remain open and expect to be surprised. When is the last time you felt surprised by God? Maybe you've just discovered who Jesus is and you've discovered what a relationship with him looks like and means and you've just been blown away. Or perhaps he provided something for you at just the right time, something you needed. Or he gave you the clarity and the courage to do the next right thing when you thought it was impossible to do. You see, I find it funny how often I'm actually surprised because it's a bit of an oxymoron, this expect to be surprised. Because if you're expecting it, then it shouldn't be a surprise, right? But every time I'm caught off guard. One thing I've been praying for since first moving to Binbrook almost five years ago is a barn. I've been praying for a barn. Let me explain. I've always had this vision of having a Christmas Eve service in a barn. I just think it would be so cool to help make things memorable and experiential and just help bring the Christmas story to life. What, how cool would it be to be sitting on some haystacks and sitting by a fire and hearing the Christmas story and hearing the story of the nativity? Well, I have been phoning people for five years all around the neighborhood, all around the community, and I've been asking, would you allow us to use your barn on Christmas Eve? But now that comes with a lot of struggles. That comes with oftentimes by Christmas, their barns are filled with things, so they would have to pull it all out. They have to think about liability and stuff for them and what it means. And if they don't believe in the message of Christmas or what we're doing, then it's a hard pill to swallow. 
But this year, I began praying about it with my kids. I said, guys, here's what daddy wants. Here's what I want to do for Christmas Eve. And especially in light of COVID, we've got to think different because right now the church we normally rent from, we can't actually fit as a church in there because we have more people than the restrictions allow. So I'm like, let's start praying for a barn. And every night at bedtime, I would pray with my kids and we would ask God for a barn. And guess what? Well, this past week, I was put in touch with someone from our sponsor church at Gateway. And not only do they have a barn for us to use, they said, we have three barns. Take your pick. And my mind was blown. I called my kids up right away and I said, guess what? I was just at a barn that we can use for Christmas Eve. And they cheered. And I was so surprised that God showed up and answered. But... Expect to be surprised. Expect it. Lean into God. Now, again, he, it, this is something that I've been wanting and desiring for five years, but it was in his time. And it will depend on what restrictions and are in place at that time and what we can do. So stay tuned, though, for upcoming details regarding our socially distanced Christmas Eve service in a barn. I, I'm thrilled. But all throughout scripture and all throughout this series, we've been seeing stories of surprise. We've seen people who were lame and even declared dead being brought back and given new life by Jesus. We saw Moses who's out walking in the wilderness with his sheep suddenly coming across this burning bush and discovering God speaking to him and that God is at work all around him and that the ground he was on was holy. And in fact, all the ground he had been on is holy. And then you had the story of the prodigal son, which was a surprise. He wishes his dad dead. He goes out and ruins his life and then he comes back hoping to be a servant. And his dad welcomes him with open arms and they throw a party for him and the community to celebrate. And it keeps showing us the surprise of God, the surprise of Jesus, that he's our father with arms wide open saying, come back, let's have a party. You want new life? Come to me. You want to see God at work in the world? Watch me and follow me. You've messed up. You've blown it. You've hit rock bottom. I forgive you. I will extend grace. I will give you a new beginning. You feel unlovable? You are loved. So much. Expect to be surprised. God is at work in the world. So I want to wrap up this series by making room for possibility. To, to encourage you to don't cling so tightly to your plans, but open yourself up. Leave yourself open for what God wants to say to you and wants to do in and through you. So I want to bring this to a close with a story by Emily P. Freeman in her book, The Next Right Thing. She shares a bit of story about a pastor who had a window in his office that was a one-way window. He could see out to the street, but people couldn't see in. It was just a mirror on the other side. And one day as this pastor's working, a mother passed by with her two children and she's on the phone and she stops in front of this mirror, this window, and she looks at the reflection of herself. And while she talked on the phone and she looked at her reflection, 
She didn't realize the pastor was able to see her. Her face revealed her obvious displeasure at what she saw. But her two kids, they saw their reflection and then they quickly moved beyond that and ran up to the window. They leaned in and they cupped their hands and they saw the pastor on the other side. That's it. That's where I want to leave things. And if you're sitting there thinking, what? Your story is not over. I want to leave things open-ended. I want to leave space for mystery and for wonder and for the spirit to say something surprising to you. Because you see, sometimes it's easier for us to put ourselves in someone else's shoes. How does the rest of that story go? Because it's not finished. But you see, just like that story is not over, your story's not over. You still have a story to live into. You still have a story to live out. What will the rest of your story look like? Again, as we wrap up our series, The Next Right Thing, what matters out of all of this is that God is with you. The decision is rarely the point. The point is, are you living life to the fullest with Jesus? The point is, are you leaning into Jesus? The point is, are your decisions moving you closer to Jesus? That's the point. Are you more in love with Jesus today? Are you walking closer with Jesus today than you were at the beginning of the series? Psalm 139 says, If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my beds in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. Do the next right thing in love and know that God is with you. Stay open to what he wants to do. You might just be surprised. Heavenly Father, thank you for loving us. Thank you for the surprise of wanting to be with us. God, we know that there are so many other little gods, small g, out there that steal our attention and our joy, or that we have to work for, we have to earn their love. And, but God, you are a God of surprise that says, no, 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 I love you. I am coming after you. I pursue you. I want to be in a relationship with you. And you make it possible in and through Jesus. God, help us to create this posture and lean into a posture of expectancy, an expectancy to be surprised. And God, I pray that you continue to surprise us. Blow us away by what you want to do in and through us. God, as we wrap up this series, I pray that we will do the next right thing in love, that we will continue to lean into you, and that we will continue to share your love with others. God, thank you 
for the surprise of grace. Thank you for the surprise of hope, even in the midst of darkness. God, we fix our eyes upon you now. Help us do the next right thing in love. In your name we pray. Amen.